Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. The circuit breaker, the lockdown, whatever you want to call it, due to COVID-19 has had uh, many unintended consequences around the world uh, in different aspects of our lives. And one of them has been, uh, frankly, the uh, a darker side of it, which has been the incidences of domestic violence have risen uh, due to people being in close quarters, stuck at home uh, together. And right now, I'd like to uh, bring on the line from Bangkok, Sujata Tuladar, who is a technical specialist on gender-based violence at the United Nations Population Fund, UNFPA, and Roy Wadia. And Roy is the regional communication advisor for UNFPA as well, based in Bangkok. Good morning to you both. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, good morning uh, to you both. And uh, let's start out by uh, maybe, Roy, maybe you can give us a brief overview of, of what the UNFPA is doing during this global pandemic and what role that you have been playing as an organization. Thanks a lot, Glenn. So actually, we are the uh, sexual and reproductive health agency of the um, UN family. And that includes addressing family planning and unmet need for contraception, we're actually seeing that there is a lot of that going on right now because people aren't able to access um, supplies like uh, contraceptives and services. So we're seeing uh, probably a sharp um, escalation in unintended pregnancies. Uh, we're also addressing gender-based violence, including uh, domestic uh, violence, which, as you um, just said, is on the uptick. And Sujata can um, talk about that some more. And we're also working with young people and focusing on their needs during COVID. Um, we're seeing a sharp increase in mental health issues across the spectrum, including young people. There is great um, uncertainty. There is um, depression. The academic year has been thrown for a you know, complete loop. And so there are all these issues that we are working on. And we're also helping older people uh, because, as you know, they are both uh, f- uh, physically from a public health uh, perspective uh, vulnerable. And they're also being uh, neglected in many, many ways, including uh, long-term facilities where we've seen outbreaks. So we are working across the life cycle, if you will, from uh, pregnancy and childbirth all the way through shall we say, old, old uh, age. Um, something else we also do is we work to help the frontline health workers, especially midwives and skilled birth attendants who are helping pregnant women and new moms. In many cases, we seeing that the frontline healthcare uh, staff don't have the optimal personal protective equipment, uh, PPE. We're seeing, unfortunately, that in many countries, many have uh, died because they have uh, contracted uh, COVID. So we're also trying to get the supply chain kick uh, started to help those uh, vulnerable frontline staff. So that's a brief overview of uh, what we are um, doing at this time. Yeah, it sounds like a very comprehensive uh, uh, set of things that you are trying to accomplish. And Roy, you know, given the the shutdown of, of many supply chains and, of course, the physical and social distancing measures that many countries are taking, is it still possible for uh, the UNFPA to get some of these urgent supplies, like you say, for midwives or PPEs uh, to people that need them? Or is, is everything just been closed down in recent months and it's, it's impossible to get through? 
Well, it was tough in the early days for sure, but then, you know, we have um, lines, we've got um, supply uh, mechanisms, we've got uh, vendors, we work with other partner agencies, we work with um, governments, of course, to expedite things. So I would say that things have moved into high gear over the last uh, couple of months. Yes, in the early days, we were seeing a significant uh, disruption to the supply chains, including you know, cargo flights coming into countries or not coming in and so on and so forth. But uh, I think uh, from what we see right now, things are getting uh, better in that um, in that uh, regard. On the line with Roy Wadia, the Regional Communication Advisor for the United Nations Population Fund, and also Sujata Tuladar, the Technical Specialist for Gender-Based Violence for the UN Population Fund. And Sujata, let's turn to you. The the we've seen across many countries the incidence of domestic violence on the rise uh, because people are locked down in you know spending a lot more time together in in, in their apartments, their homes. Uh, what what have you seen from the UNFPA's perspective relating to this? Um, thank you, Glenn. I think this is really, as you said earlier, the dark side of the pandemic, um, or many are calling it the shadow pandemic, where we are seeing an uptick in terms of violence um, because of the, point, the, the things that you mentioned. At the same time, we are also seeing that a lot of the survivors of violence are not able to access the life-saving services because either the services are not available or accessible, or they are, as you said, you know, stuck at home with their abusive partners and are not able to, you know, identify ways to access them. So, uh, you know, this has been a huge area of our work uh, in this COVID response. Um, and to start with, you know, we've really been trying to emphasize uh, this ad- advocacy with the governments and all the service providers to make sure that GVB response services are part of, you know, the essential COVID response. And I think it's really, really crucial to make sure that, you, you know, it's, that this part is understood um, to make, you know, service services that are available for women and girls um, part and parcel of what is considered sort of frontline COVID response. Is there any way that we can tell, Sujata, a, a percentage-wise of what the uptick in, in domestic violence has been during this time, or, or is it just too early to tell? Any indicative uh, factors? You know, Glenn, the thing is, as you know, as you know, you know globally, the issue about gender-based violence is something that is often, you know, it, it, it's considered private. There are so many things that are associated with it, which makes us very hard to understand what is the current status. Now, we have the information about the prevalence of gender-based violence prior to an emergency setting. But in most situations, and particularly now with the lockdowns and quarantine measures, you know, what we are seeing right now, we can safely say that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Many are not able to report, and in generally, gender-based violence is underreported. So I think what we need to what we need to understand is that you know the risks are high, and the most important thing is to really emphasize on the access to services, so that when it is safe for women to access it, they are able to avail of them. And is it is it only a, a problem for women, or are there are there men that are impacted by this as well? In general, gender-based violence is mostly, uh, you know, the survivors are mostly women just because of, you know, sort of the, the patriarchal norms, the, the gender and social norms that we are often in in most of our countries. 
Um, however, we have seen in some context, you know, men and young boys can also be survivors of violence. In this particular case of COVID, we haven't necessarily seen such data as such. But again, as I said, you know, the data is, you know, really what we're seeing is just a very tip. So I'm um, not sure if I can correctly give you that response at this moment. But overwhelmingly, we see that the survivors are mostly women. Yeah. When you look at in the best of times, uh, when we are not locked down, what is the, what is the most effective way for uh, the UN Population Fund or, or other NGOs to connect with people that might be impacted by domestic violence, to tell them what their options are, where the help is located? How do you go about reaching out to those affected populations? And then by extension, what can be done during a time such as this where uh, maybe some of the normal lines of communications are disrupted? That's a great question, Glenn, and thank you so much for raising this. You know, the first thing that we have to understand is that the needs of a survivor are multiple and can never be, there's no sort of homogeneity in terms of what what any survivor may need at one stage. However, what we do know is there might be support needed in terms of health, psychosocial, you know, some may need sort of shelter, some may need psychosocial counseling through hotlines, some may need protection and maybe even, you know, sort of protection orders against abusive partners. So there's a whole multitude of services that are needed. And that's why we always say a multi-sectoral response is needed. So in this in non-emergency time, we ensure that the different services are uh, well aligned to the, multi- to the needs of the survivor, that they are survivor-centered. Um, that we are not just providing service from the perspective of what we think the survivor may need, but really are informed by the wishes and the needs of the survivor. And then they are interconnected through the referral. So because, as you know, you know, globally, um, the percentage of women who actually seek services from formal service providers is very low because of lack of trust, a lot of issues. Mm. So when any survivor reaches, whether it's a pharmacy or a police station, or a shelter, we have to make sure that the courage that she has summoned to reach out is not let, uh, you know, to waste and that we are able to provide the most comprehensive service. And if that's not the right time for her to avail those services because of safety reasons, etc., that we inform her of all the other services that are available so when it's right for her, she can do so. So in light of COVID, we are also doing the same right now. We're making the information available. Uh, We are ensuring that, you know, um, the life-saving services are accessible even in this time. So through remote means, through digital means, through phone-based psychosocial support, whether it's, you know, ensuring that the frontline health workers are also uh, uh, trained to identify GBV services because, you know, as you know, the health services are the most uh, open right now or available, accessible. And they are, the frontline front workers are also able to provide the necessary support and referral. And I think um, in general, it's really important that all employers particularly are able to share this information about uh, available and accessible services so that, you know, the survivors are able to access when it's safe for them. I know, for example, in Singapore, you have this hotline, the Women's Helpline um, uh, uh, from the AWARE organization, mm-hmm. you know, making it available for everybody, right, so that they're able to access that. Um, but at the same time, they're making sure that the other services, all the services are interconnected and they are linked with each other. So the burden is not on the survivor to access services, but rather the system is working for her. 
I think that is really crucial to remember. Very, very important points there by Sujata Tuladar, the technical specialist, uh, gender-based violence at the United Nations Population Fund, uh, UNFPA, based in Bangkok. And Roy Wadia, uh, as regional communications advisor for the UNFPA, you, of course, were a career journalist, uh, worked at CNN uh, International for many years, and, and you've seen the evolution of many different crises in your work with the AIDS project in Mumbai and, and the World Health Organization in China and British Columbia. As, as you look at this particular pandemic and the ability for uh, the UNFPA and others to address it, uh, from your background, um, how, what, are the, what are the specific challenges and, and how can organizations like yours really reach out and, and be useful to, to your populations, to your stakeholders? Yeah, thanks for that question, Glenn. I mean, for me as a journalist and a storyteller, that's the way I've actually approached all the work that I've done with the, um, shall we say, uh, development sector um, during SARS in China, bird flu, H1N1 pandemic in Canada, and now here with COVID. It is about um, communicating. It is about actually making sure, as my colleague just said, that the people who need the information the most get it as quickly and as um, comprehensively as they can. So at the end of the day, it is a communications exercise. You have all the technical information, you have all the services, you have to make sure that people get to know them. And the other part of the job, if you will, is to show the impact of the work that we do. And so that once again comes out through storytelling. I will say that having been through pandemics in the past, um, at a time when the world was not as connected as it is now, it is both a challenge right now in the sense that there is so much noise out there. There is an infodemic because we're all connected online, WhatsApp groups, social media. There's so much misinformation and purposeful uh, disinformation that it's hard for us to sometimes cut through and actually squelch the uh, rumors and the uh, fake news, if you will. At the same time, of course, the fact that we are connected makes it that much easier to also get the information out there. And it's a fine balance between sifting through the various channels and the audiences that you have to get through and making sure that you can cut through all that noise out there. So that's my challenge. Uh, you know, how do we actually get through to those that we have to, including governments, donors, the private sector, and of course, the public at large through media such as yourself. Well, you are uh, both doing very important work, and we certainly hope that you're going to be able to cut through that noise in coming uh, days and weeks as this uh, pandemic continues on for many nations, uh, especially some of the underdeveloped nations that are seeing surges in some of their numbers. Our, our thanks to Sujata Tuladara, technical specialist on gender-based violence, and Roy Wadia, regional communications advisor, both at the United Nations Population Fund in Bangkok. Really appreciate your time today on Money FM. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.